0: can speak for Stephen um, easily and say that some of our favorite times of worship with origins is when other people are talking other than us. Um, that, that means a lot to us, uh, just that, that people are willing to do that and capable of doing that. And so this morning we'll have seven voices up here, which will be really good. Uh, so if you were a part of that mission team, go ahead and make your way up and pick a stool, any stool, it doesn't matter. Thank you Bama for leading with confidence and color. We can squeeze another stool in here. And so what we're going to do is kind of everybody kind of picked an area in which they feel comfortable sharing. And uh, so everybody will get to share a little bit. And then we're going to do our best to have a little bit of time for questions at the end. Somebody get the comfy. Um, And so go ahead and be thinking of those. If something comes up while we're going and you're like, you know, I want to know more, feel free to ask about that. Um, But just kind of as a point of like major pastoral pride uh, in the group that we took, um, we kind of prepped everybody to say that um, when you get there, be prepared to share your story because it's probably going to happen. And even though sharing our story there meant we were going to share our story, a translator was going to translate that to someone else who was going to translate it again, Uh, you know, it creates some things because there were a couple different languages that were spoken in the village that we were in. Uh, It was great to see uh, the seven people that went Just man, take on the mantle of servant leader like Jesus while we were there, because we were asked to do some things we weren't prepared for. um, In many ways, like we we weren't—I'll be honest—like we weren't prepared for most of what we did. Um, But it it worked out great. Sometimes I think those are the best, you know, the best scenarios to where you know it's like Holy Spirit, uh, I'm going to need you uh, to get me up this mountain because I can't make it. You know, literally, uh, that's not a metaphor. And so. you know, maybe there were broomsticks involved, pulling people up. That that may have happened. You may see the pictures, uh, and the pictures will be up at the end of worship too, so you can kind of look through those. But they'll also be available through a slideshow that you can you can look at in the weekly email. Um, but I wanted to share this text uh, from Psalm 145 before we kick off, and then we'll just kind of pass the mic around. Uh, Psalm 145, it says, "I will extol you, my God and King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever." Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Today, here's the point. (laughs) We'll be good. Here's the point. Here's the point. God is so vastly good, like unsearchable, indescribable, beyond measure. God's that good. And uh, what we were allowed to do is we were, not go, we were not sent to go and make something happen. What we got to do is join in in what God was already doing in a place. And we would call that, like, man, we would call that amazing. Um, because if it was up to us to go down there and start good works, they would fail. They would run out the moment that we left. But the beauty of this is, like Ephesians 2.10 tells us, that we were God's masterpieces. We were his workmanship. And we were created to be placed in good works that he had made long before us. And so what we got to experience when we went to this place who, that looks completely different from our culture is we got to experience the good works of God that he had invited us into um, that we could not possibly have created. Uh, We couldn't have orchestrated it, and and if we would have, they would have just been, they would have been temporary, and when we left, there would have been no hope for them to continue, but the fact that God started them, he invited us in, that gave us great hope. Even though it was hard to leave, even though as as we left the village, children were chasing us, um, and even we stopped, like we outran them for a minute, and we had to fix something on the bus, and we were like, man, we lost them. Uh, We stayed too long, because here they come and the turkeys. You know, they followed us out of the town. Um, and so we could leave that village with great hope, knowing that the God who started the work there before we touched down there, even though we were the first Americans to really ever set foot down there. By the way, Americans don't own the gospel. Um, but even though we were the first to ever set foot in there, we could have great hope when we left because we knew that God started something good, and he's not going to be done until it's finished. Um, and guess what? God never finishes. Uh, he just keeps propelling His Majesty forward. And so, man, that was great for us to see. Um, thank you for partnering with us, um, helping us get there. Thank you that no one had to really pay more than uh, basically their deposit, um, which is a miracle. That's a miracle, um, if you put this emphasis on the wrong syllable. Um, it was it was beautiful, and uh, so thank you for that. And, man, that's what I've got. So whoever would like to kind of start and share their moment. Oh. I'm the only one I'm crying right now. Yeah. Do you want... Who wants it?
1: (laughs) There you go, Stephen. Okay, it's kind of hard to pick and choose what to share because I only have a couple minutes. I'm sure that was tough for you guys as well. But I think what stood out to me the most uh, throughout this trip was probably the home visits, Um, just being able to walk into somebody's home to see their hospitality, to see how welcoming uh, they were. Um, you know, just inviting strangers into their home. And uh, I know, for, at least for me, um, it's tough for me to welcome strangers into my home and let them eat all my food. And so I know, you know, for them just to see the joy and to see the happiness and to welcome us into their home was, was uh, really just kind of life-changing. And so just to spend time with them, uh, just to kind of see um, what their life looks like kind of behind uh, closed doors to meet their families, just to kind of give them an opportunity to kind of share whatever it is that they want to share, or to sing. A couple kids sang for us, and that was uh, that was awesome. And um, and I think, yeah, to me, I think, and me and Matthew, we we walked out of a couple homes uh, saying to ourselves, "Man, we could learn a couple things from these people about what hospitality looks like, um, and using our homes as tools." Um, and you know, I treat my home a lot of times like a castle or a place where I keep people out. And, Um, using my home as a tool to welcome people and to love people. Um, So spending time with them uh, for sure and then also just being able to pray with them and as Matthew said being having you know prayers being translated maybe two or three times uh, to people so you kind of had to pause and speak in short sentences but just being able to kind of grab hands uh, with these families and pray for them and to um, you know just be able just to ask God to bless these families and so to love on them. And, um, and so that was really a cool opportunity. And, and even when it wasn't a home visit, just kind of going from one place to a destination, maybe being close by another house where there was a need or a prayer request. And so we were invited into a home, you know, on our way somewhere just to pray for healing and uh, to visit some families that had had, um, you know, a sick family member Um, just being able to be welcomed into those homes just to like pray for healing for some of these people and so even when it was on our way from point a to point b just kind of stopping really being flexible and you know we kind of threw the itinerary out the window and uh, just being available for god to use us even if it was from one place to another and being able to walk into a home and just pray uh, for people and so i think i probably could have done home visits uh, most of the entire trip and i'm excited that as our team continues to grow as the years uh, go on we'd be able to touch more homes and be able to do more home visits and see more families and so you know we were able to split up a couple times and hit as many homes as we could but i mean imagine if double this team goes next year and that continues to grow how many homes we'll be able to touch um, in a week's amount of time and so um yeah, that's that's all i that's all i have um and just to give some, some preface for the home visits,
0: what those were, or any family that we have sponsored as a church, um, we got to go and specifically visit those. We couldn't. Uh, Origins has sponsored 24, which is unbelievable, um, which surpassed the goal that they gave us. Uh, but there are more cards back there. Abby will talk to you about that. But the home visits were us going into those homes and actually getting to meet those families, uh, meet the children, talk about need, talk about what they're doing, celebrate with them. And so that was, that was a big deal. Oh, boy. <laughs>
2: Might as go
3: now. Okay. Um, I'll just tell you if
2: anybody wants to talk
3: after this because that'd be awesome. I'm not, I'm not real good at this, so I apologize for that. Um, Abby said, I think we were in the airport on the way back. She's like, I want everybody to take. The one thing the f- anyways, the one thing for me was the people I mean, that's all I could you know when they say home visits, you kind of have to close your eyes and imagine climbing a hill that most of us couldn't to get to. A dirt floor hut. Like the, the dirt's pounded so hard that you wonder if it's not concrete, but it's dirt. As the chicken walks by and craps on said dirt. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> there's just, I mean, what you think before you go, you try to imagine and you're wrong. It's just, and one of the the guides, our translator, Jose, which I love, and I've only known him for four days, but um, he said, try not to let the people see you cry. <laughs> i <I'm> just like, <laughs> I looked at him, and I was just like, are you kidding me? So I walked out of a lot of houses um, for whatever reason. It works with my personality, because I never really stop. But <laughs> the people, I mean... The first day we got there, they looked at us like we were aliens, literally, because like Matthew said, a lot of them have never seen a Caucasian man, let alone one that's six foot two with a big white mosh mosh, which is what the kids would pull out and they'd be like, mosh mosh. And I still don't know what that means, but they called it mosh mosh. Um, maybe
0: you had mosh in your beard. Maybe. That morning, I
3: don't know. Yeah. Anyways, so three, four days removed and we're leaving this village and these people are hanging on us. In a society where hugging is not a big thing, evidently you really could have fooled me by the time we left because Kristen and I sat in the vacation Bible school and we did face painting. So every single face in that community we got to put our hands on and when they're right there It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And they just, they, they pat the side of your head and they stroke your arms like you're not even real, like you're, and to feel that kind of emotion come through that many people. And one of the coolest things that happened, we were at the, the going away ceremony and my sponsor child, Edgar, I wish I had a picture of him up there right now. Um, it's the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen in my life. Just the most timid, frail, trusting, beautiful child I've ever seen. And he comes walking up to the closing ceremony with his best friend Freddie, which is photo negative of because he's just bouncing off the wall, wanting to get in trouble. Too, but you could tell they're best friends, and they come walking up holding hands. And that's perfectly normal for these people because they just love. There's no crime. There's no... It's like they just don't know what the rest of the world is like. And you see it. You can't not see it. And they just love. And it struck me halfway through the week. If I had a prayer for that village, it would be that They never bite from the apple because they just don't know. And they're so much better because of it. If you get a chance to go, do yourself a favor. You're next. Oh, (laughs) Oh, You
0: good?
2: Yeah okay so i hate talking in front of people so i'll probably be awkward so um uh, we met a group of like 10 to 12 women that were called the volunteer mothers and they, were, <laughs> they were with us pretty much the whole week just um leading us on home visits and they'd come to vbs and just hang out and play with the kids and that sort of thing um so for the home visits they had split up and there was like one or two with us, um, leading us up these rocky hills and muddy, slippery mess, and we're all wearing like our hiking shoes and our raincoats. Yes. No, seriously, these like we're struggling up these hills, like slipping all over the place, and they're wearing flip flops and these long skirts, and sometimes carrying babies, and they're just like zooming up these hills like it's no big deal. Like it was incredible. We kind of looked like we didn't even know how to walk. So. Um, yeah, they were, they were strong, amazing women. Um, and on Tuesday, we had a presentation scheduled with them. Um, each of them got up and kind of explained what their role in the group was in the village or in the community. And like some of them would weigh the children and measure them, and others would go visit pregnant women and make sure they were eating healthy and taking care of themselves. And then others would... Um, check on mothers who had just had babies and make sure breastfeeding was going well and that sort of thing. And, um, and it's all volunteer work. And like FH supplied them with these really cool books that showed like breastfeeding tips and like how to play with your baby and sing to them. Just a bunch of different things that they would share with these mothers. And um, I've always been really passionate about pregnancy and breastfeeding and helping new moms and giving my advice and everything. Um, but God really humbled me through watching and learning from these women. Um, I mean, how easy is it for us to make a meal and drive over to someone's house and just sit and snuggle their baby for a few minutes and be like, okay, bye, good luck, or text them some advice. Um, what if we had to walk like miles up rocky hills in slippery, muddy mess after making a meal with food that we don't have that much of already? And... Um, deliver it happily and just be with these women like it's no big deal, um, would would I still be as passionate about it then? Um, And on the flip side of that, the women that they go see are just accepting and thankful for the gift of food and prayer and everything. And um, I've struggled for years with accepting help from anyone after having babies because, like, in our culture... If you have to ask for help or if things aren't going well, you're seen, or you feel like a failure. Um, and God really opened my eyes to giving sacrificially and receiving gracefully. If these people who have so little can give with so much love and trust that God will provide, why can't we when we have so much to give and so many opportunities to do so much? Um, and one thing that I'll never forget is the transformation of, of these women over the the week, like Kip said, like at first they were they were pretty reserved and they weren't really smiling that much, and they didn't hug and um, women
3: can hug <laughs> yeah, they can <laughs> um, like, grandma hugs. like
2: at the end of the week, they were just so happy and just squeezing us and wanting to take a million pictures with us and like shoving their kids in and taking pictures, and just they were just they loved us. So so much. And, you know, I think once they saw us playing with their kids and being kind and just loving them, they quickly saw or God put it on their hearts that they could trust us. And that faith and trust showed me pieces of God that I've never seen before. Um, everyone was just so open and welcoming and had this overwhelming gratitude for us being there like they didn't need our help they knew they had all their plans out they knew what they were doing they they were just excited to show us like we we were in answer to their prayer coming there and they just accepted us so openly and gladly and Even with all the language barriers and cultural differences, God's glory was just clear and obvious. Like, there was no reading between the lines to try to see where God was working. Like, it was just there. Like, you could feel it. And I am forever grateful to have gone with this group and get to love these people and be loved by them. And I can't wait to go back.
4: (laughs)
5: Okay. I don't like microphones, and I have a visual aid, so this could really be a problem for you me.
6: Hold Same again. There.
5: Okay, so um, first of all, I want to say that it might have been implied a, a, a couple of times while I was there that I'm very chatty, which I know y'all all Steve, Stephen, uh, yeah, So um, I'm going to just tell a couple of stories and not take up the rest of the whole time. So, (laughs) Okay, Uh, mine was, uh, two of my favorite things was my visit, my home visit to Hector, my sponsor child. Um, I was very excited to meet him, but also I did not know until we got there, I don't think any of us did, that Hector has a little brother who has hydrocephalus, hydrocephalus, which I grew up knowing as water on the brain. he's very ill and it was very sad to go into their home like Kip was saying with the dirt floors and uh, they just really don't have much of anything Um, the visit was awesome and terrible at the same time got to meet Hector give him his soccer ball uh, pray for his mom and his brother that was that's sick and he had another little brother, Wilson, who was five, who was hiding behind mom. And I had an extra color book and crayons that I gave to him. And he told um, Vanessa, our translator, that I was his new friend because I brought him coloring book and crayons. <laughs> and he was grinning and hiding behind us, which really touched my heart. But um, the, the biggest take from that was that in all of this terrible... Situation that this mom is dealing with that this family 's dealing with i didn 't know until after we left going down the mountain. Vanessa told me that his mom wanted to give me a chicken, a live chicken to to thank us to thank me for coming and being sponsoring Hector and um, you know bringing them a little bag of groceries and a soccer ball, whatever and I just thought. I have not been able to get that off my mind that this woman, they basically aren't really sure where their next meal's coming from, and she was going to give me her living room chicken uh, that was sitting there looking at them. <laughs> so that I mean that the generosity, like they were saying, the generosity was just beyond wrapping my head around that you know would, would I take my last pack of chicken out of the freezer and give it to somebody and not know where my next meal is coming from. So, um, and the other thing was, um, vacation Bible school. Abby and I did, hold this for me, please. This was the craft that we did. This is Fred. Fred had a rough trip. <laughs> he got stomped on, walked on, everything else. We, he was going to stay in Guatemala, but I said, Fred has to come back with us. <laughs> Do what? I he yes, I rescued Fred. um, <laughs> So these hands, we used, I believe some of y'all did hands, and which was really cool. The kids would gather around, divided into groups, and it was so funny because Abby and I would start out with, okay, you know, circle, back up, uh, we're going to glue on the eyes, and we're going to draw the hair, and the, they would translate everything. And then Abby would say, this was the father from the story of the prodigal son which we acted out in a play, which was very, very fun. And the kids got involved with us. And they let the, I'm going to jump around. Sorry, this is the way my mind works. Um, we did the, we celebrated when the prodigal son came home, and I got to be the celebration party girl and got volunteers from the kids to help us dance, which, you know, I like to do that too over there in the corner. Um, <laughs> So um, the Bible verse is from Luke 15, and it's about the prodigal son returning. And then Abby showed them how we hug. And then the prodigal and then the father hugged, and he hugged. And this was another thing to go along with the hugs. They they aren't huggers. They are very the first group. They were young the first day. They were the kindergarten and first grade. They were just like nope, not having any part of that. But so, but the funny thing about the kids with the circle was that they kept getting closer and closer and closer. And we were down <laughs> on the ground. And before long, Abby was gone. Abby was underneath the kids. And there were arms coming up. Get, we, need, we need the paper. We need this. We need this and we, it was just hilarious because each day it got, we had three days. And each day we had a different group age group. And by the third day, and this is the point to my rambling, they were all hugging us they all were hugging couldn't get enough hugs and I just believe that this you know the story of the prodigal son and this was the key to part of that was that they were coming to us and hugging and it was just awesome and I'm done the end
4: (laughs) Uh, I should have went first (laughs) but uh, like Kit was saying just The whole village their hearts are so amazing i've never been in a place where i saw so many people have type of hearts they have um monday this kind of a personal experience uh, monday we had an opening ceremony and they played their national anthem and uh, then they played ours and you know, when, our, when they played our national anthem, I had so many emotions going through me. My legs, were like, I was sitting beside Matthew, my legs were shaking. I probably he didn't see it, because I was proud, I was nervous, I didn't really know how to act. Um, but um, one thing that impacted me was uh, the VBS. Uh, uh, that we had arts and crafts and games, and of course I did games. Um, just, I think the second day, I realized these kids, their dads probably don't never play with them because they, they're out working. And sometimes I take that for granted with my boys, which I do play with them, but sometimes I just take it for granted. Uh, these kids enjoyed uh, the time we uh, we had with them uh, to play with them. You know, they probably just played with themselves, uh, with kids, but actually having adults play with them uh, probably means a lot more than what I think it uh, does. Um, but... Uh, a couple things that I, uh, I experienced was having faith and trust in God uh, with the home visits. You know, going in these home visits and these families, like Kathy said, give them food, their last meal, and not knowing where the next meal is going to come from. And you know, if you think about it, if you have that last chicken or last bread roll, would you be willing to give it somebody that probably doesn't need it. So they have so much faith and trust in God that they're going to, that he's going to provide for them. Um, And also my home visit, um, my uh, sponsor uh, kid, he wrote a letter to me. And before I sponsored uh, a child, you know, I prayed that God would give me a child that I could relate to and that my boys could relate to. And, um, he answered that prayer, and you want me to go ahead and read it? All right. Yeah. So this, so this was the original letter, and this was uh, given to me during a home visit, uh, but it was uh, translated by uh, our FH um, leader. and which has some broken English in it, so if I mess up, it was, it's because of that. <laughs> but um, this is from uh, Edison, my sponsor job. Uh, appreciated family from my sponsor, Bama Adams, Cooper & Cash, to United States of America. By this mean, Edison, alongside my beautiful sister, DeLacely, uh, who is one year and a half years old, also my parents, Rolando... And Rosalina, we send you greetings and wish that our powerful Lord is with you and that he spreads abundant blessings upon you, wherever you are. The purpose, uh, the purpose of this letter is only to express how happy I am for knowing that God has blessed me for having a sponsor. I am excited indeed and excited to meet you and your two children. I would like to spend a nice and unfit- uh, unforgettable time with them. I do not have words to express how joyful I am. We wait for you with our open arms here in Kakapak. Welcome. Today you come will be part of my personal life. We will be, we, we will be an unforgettable memory because I will meet, meet a very special person. You are my sponsor who comes from, the, from a foreign country and that fulfills my heart. And believe me that I really need you and hope you feel affection and love to me. And this time, I would like to tell you this. I, Edison, I am nine years old, and I passed the second grade. I am, I am friendly, and I like to play soccer. I like to sing, draw, and participate in activities. My parents provide me love and affection. I am an optimist and studying hard. God has given me the skills, talents, and intelligence to continue forward and become a professional despite all the challenges that I have in this community to continue studying. I hope to get a scholarship for high school and advanced education. Thank you a lot for your attention to this letter and I hope you can understand it. I am saying goodbye and I hope we can keep in contact. Sincerely, Edison. Um, If you've been praying and thinking about uh, sponsoring a child, it's only $38 a month. Uh, That means a great deal to them and I uh, hope you pray and God lays it on your heart to sponsor a child because it means a lot
6: <laughs> I was with Bama um, during his home visit um, Stephen and, and Bama and I went and um, our FH staff, uh, Vanessa was with us and she was just stood there and translated the letter right there. And I think we we're all just like, oh my gosh, what's happening? It was just like, it was so emotional. Um, Cause it was so real. And a lot of you have said like, are these kids like real kids? Are you really going to see that? Like that one kid. Um, and they're real. Um, <laughs> their little picture is the same face. Um, But when Vanessa translated that letter verbally, it was a little different. She said something to the effect...
4: Family, that we're part of that family.
6: Yes, that Bama was now a part of his family, that he was a part of his story. And and I was just like, whoa. You know, the effect that if you are sponsoring a child, if you... um, volunteered with a manpower or money or your business did or you bought Amazon supplies for any of our trip, you are part of their story and, and how life-changing that is. And, um, and I think that that just really hit me in that moment that because of what we are doing, what you are doing, how transforming that is. Uh, for these children and for their whole family. Um, if you don't know, when you sponsor a child, it, the money doesn't go directly to that child or that family. It is spread out over the whole community. And because of that, um, they are able to build, they are building a new health facility. If you saw um, pictures on the slideshow, uh, the guys kind of helped with that, breaking, they're starting to build the foundation. Um, and it helps with the volunteer mothers and they're, um, helping with the children. It helps give, uh, scholarships to high school and school supplies for all the children. Um, and food for the hungry teaches principles and value classes where it's like they teach scripture. And, uh, we got to sit in on one of those classes and they learned that, you know, children are a gift from God. They memorize the verse and we're like, that's such an easy way to memorize scripture. We should do that, you know. And um, and and so it, you know, what you that thirty eight dollars just goes a long way. Um, and so if you have questions about that, we can talk about that later. But um, I wanted to um, let you all know that when we got there and uh, they did an opening ceremony, and and then we went up to a little community center that they had just built, just finished right before we got there. Um, And they, the community leaders presented us with their goals for like the next five, ten years, I don't know. Um, And they have got it laid out. They know exactly what they want to do, and they are very organized about it, and they are, they have, um... You know, little stepping stones to get there. They have checked off things that they have already accomplished. Um, and we took a lot of pictures of those if you all want to see those in there in the slideshow as well. But um, when we were um, sitting on the stage in the opening ceremony, one of the men said that they had been praying for, our, for us to be there. They have been praying for three years and that we were an answer to their prayer. And that, I think in that moment, is what I will always remember. I feel like, you know, it's not often that you hear you're an answer to someone's prayer. And, um, and that we were, that you were. Um, and it's not that we're going there to do things. We're not going to we are not building that facility. We are not, we weren't there to, to do for them. They, we were there to love them, to encourage them, to be their friend. And, and they were so excited for us to be there. We were going to a sponsor house, and they're, you know, they translate three times into, you know, we're so excited for you to be there. And they're like, just saying, yeah. and we're like, really? Okay. You know, and it took us a couple days to, like, get the groove of how these sponsor visits. Next year will be really, it'll be a little better. Um, But, you know, they're saying, we're so excited for you to be here. And they're just (laughs) stone-faced. And, um, but they were, you know, they they have been waiting and waiting and waiting for this friendship. And um, it was such an honor to be that for you guys. I know a lot of you wanted to go, and you weren't able to, um, and we thank you for helping us get there, for trusting us, and um, and uh, we really thank you guys for that. Um, one thing, that, I don't know what I expected out of this trip, but another thing that God taught me was seeing... Um, his glory. I kept asking the team every night, "How did you see God's glory today? How did you see God's glory?" And they're like in the kids, in the video, you know, it's like the same answer every day, you know. But it's I saw God's goodness from in this team, from them being transformed from God's glory. Um, and just to see you know, when we would go and they would share their stories um with church members or um and their sponsor visits to see knowing who they are and 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 their stories in the past and you know I barely knew Bama but you know having him share his story I was so proud of everybody and seeing how God has used them. Um so um just being able to see his glory, and, I, and that was my prayer the whole time. Um, so, thank you guys. Does anybody have any questions about sponsor families? We were able to visit 11 um, out of the 24 or 25, um, and we do have six more children in the back um, if you are interested in sponsoring um,
0: yeah, any questions? That means we did a
5: good
0: job. That's that's good. You were <laughs> thorough. Yeah, yeah. So the way that that kind of breaks down, it's super dependent upon the needs of each community. For the community that we were in, like high school, you have to pay to go to high school. Then you also have to take a bus, and you have to pay for that too. And so, if you're a sponsored child and you've stayed, you've stayed in the program by staying in school, like they get scholarships for high school, um, they get uh, scholarships to help with the bus fare, that kind of thing. And also, a lot of it is just having that relationship that that is afforded to them with us through that, too, which is a crazy thing. And it didn't really dawn on me until, um, until a couple days later, like, why it was so special that we were there. Because, you know, I think we're great and all, but at the same time, like, why was that so special? These people are in a part of the country, and they live in a society in which they've, they've kind of been forgotten and overlooked to a degree. Um, their country went through a huge civil war a few years ago in which the native Mayans, were all, were, they tried to wipe them out. And so there was a massive genocide um, and when 80% of the country lives in one major metropolitan area and the, other, the rest live in these little villages that have no contact with the outside world, to, to hear that they are thought of and that they are remembered is probably one of the purest expressions of the gospel that we can imagine, that we remember you, we think of you, um, but they do. They get school supplies. They get you know things like that every single year. But then the whole community benefits in the form of the the community center, the health center that's going in, and then the training of the people that goes on.
6: And as with well. the with the community center, um, like FH, because of our sponsorships, we pay a portion of that. But then the community is responsible for the rest. So it's not like. And that's a part of the sustainability. They take ownership of it. They have to put in something so that they own it and they're working for it. And it's not just like, here you go, see you later. And that's the one thing that I would urge kind of a caution if you do have a sponsored child. And as, um, I don't know. I know it would kind of be hard to do, but not to really Americanize them with sending gifts and stuff like that because they don't have a lot. And, you know, we were talking to the staff and stuff, um, and if you do want to send a gift, that it's something that's not going to cause jealousy. You know, it's like art supplies or a coloring book or like a card game that they could play with their family. You know, something that... um,
0: soccer ball It's a good yeah, yeah. that was a great gift
6: yeah. um and and so another thing you know food for the hungry does is give special attention to like Kathy's family who they now are doing checkups with the youngest child and can continue monitoring that and take him to a health like a, a health facility like a real hospital um and so just special attention like that as well does that help answer that
3: well let me let me add and the one thing is is the child has to maintain his classes. He has to continue to study. And like Edgar, when I when I signed up it was like let's sponsor the child because your heart says you can. Edgar wants to be a registered nurse. So somebody within the village has got the the foresight to let these children know that this is not where you end. And I mean they're they're looking for legitimate careers. They want to go to high school. These are intelligent people, like very intelligent people. So When you're sponsoring, you're sponsoring somebody out of a lifestyle that they'd have other, in no other way to get out. $38 a a month. Yeah, I'm hard-pressed to not do, too. Seriously.
6: And And a, a big part of that, like when you write letters to encourage them in their education or ask them questions like, what do you like to study? What's your favorite part? Or, you know, oh, yeah, I didn't like math either, but I love reading. Or, you know, just to, like, start that conversation like that and and to be their friend, and, and that's what they want. They're, the parents want encouragement for their children. Yeah. Yep. There, there are, um, they gave us a lot of stats when we were <laughs> that opening celebration. Um, and I was like trying to take notes on my phone. Um, so there are uh, about 1,300 is the population of Kaki Peck. And it's not like in the pictures, there's like a little downtown that's like 100 yards maybe. And then everybody else is on the other side of the mountain, around the corner, on the other mountain, and you got to walk to get there. Um, I think the farthest yeah. was uh, one, an hour's One walk. hour
0: walk, yeah, in any direction, and you can still find people, which... Yeah.
6: yeah. <laughs> up Straight up down up.
0: around through over yeah. up more. But
6: it's doable. It's doable. Um <laughs> yeah. we will
0: have a fitness plan for next year. <laughs> about eight weeks out, Jonathan Gunther's gonna start leading a boot camp for Guatemala.
6: Yeah. Um, so there's about thirteen hundred population. There are two hundred homes and two hundred and one homes and a, like two hundred and twenty families.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of kids.
1: Beautiful. Any and other the kids? homes
6: are like, you know, the size of one of these square concrete blocks here, and you have like a main room. These are the majority of the houses. Some are a little different. You have like a main room with a couple benches on it, and then you have the kitchen, which is like separated by a sheet or a couple of wood. You know, like a one by six, you know, stacked up. And that's the kitchen on the other side. And it's just teeny tiny, um, which is like an open stove, flame, um, and then their bed where they all sleep. And which it's, is solid you know, wood a wood
3: slab. Yeah. yeah. No pillow.
0: Healthcare. So, the, one of the reasons for building the health center is so that, um, so that healthcare professionals can periodically stop in, do things like they do children's checkups, they do that type of stuff, but for them to actually go to a hospital, it's about an hour outside of town to get there. Um, we went and visited with a mother who had had a baby 10 days previous and had basically been um, comatose since, and they were trying to figure that out. We we got to, to meet the family, pray for them, and they were taking her to the hospital the next day, but the volunteer mothers had been checking in on her and um, trying to figure those things out, but they just... They don't have access, and that's one of the big deals. Like, we are helping them. We're not doing it for them. We're, we're helping them have this health center in which they kind of have a, a triage-type deal in their community to do this kind of stuff. Uh, a majority of their issues are, are malnutrition-related. Um, just because they don't have access to good quality food and what they do have access to, they need to sell to make, a, make ends meet. And so, you know, a lot of it's education saying this is what you need to eat and what you need to feed your children, how you need to clean it, that, kind of, that type of stuff. And that's where a lot of that money goes to as well um, because in supporting the $38 a month, that's also paying for someone to be staffed in that village basically Monday through Friday. And for them to get there, um, it's crazy. But they do it. Like Carlos and uh, Marcos and, and these guys, like they go from village to village making their rounds until someone can actually be there, live there. Um, and yeah, they were amazing.
3: We really got to sit. the, the food for the hungry people from Guatemala.
0: Yeah, they were, they were major servants. Like they did what they did because they loved Jesus and they wanted other people to feel the same love that they do. And at a
3: point you almost have to stop and go, oh yeah, you're actually just doing this as a job. You can't tell that they're, I mean, they're 100% in. Yeah. Like as far as a group of people, like if you want to learn how to be a Christian, oh, like they're just amazing.
0: And I think the closing idea, because I know we're running out of time, like the the common thread that runs through all of this is you're hearing way more about what God did in us versus what the people in Kakapek got to receive. Um, The one thing about the mission that God invites us to is it's always going to be a a three-way street. You know, it's always going to be an avenue into someone's life. It's always going to be an avenue into our life, but it's always going to be an avenue towards God too. And so um, three-way streets don't exist. I guess that's a triangle. But anyway... uh, Like The one thing that you'll understand is, um, man, we we didn't get get to interview those people as far as what they got from us being there, Um, but you can hear what God did in each of us, Um, and that's a big deal. Uh, When we evaluated these partnerships, one of the questions that we asked is, uh, we want to make sure that it's going to be a partnership that also serves as discipleship for us, uh, because, you know, we, our goal is to make disciples who love God, love one another, love the city. And so if we're just going somewhere to check a box and say that we did something, that doesn't do that. Um, but if it, if it wrecks us to the degree that we come back and we uh, look and act and talk more like Jesus, uh, not as a result of the things that we did, but as a result of the things that God did in us, that's a win. Um, and that's, that's why we exist. And so uh, for us, I mean, it's, it's a win-win, win-win-win-win, win-win. And we would encourage you to find a level at which you can be involved because it's, I mean, it's, it's limitless as to what God can do in us and, and there as well. So thank I'm, you, guys.
6: I'm going to read Scripture real quick. Kip, just, I know it's hard for you to sit this long, but just, he was, like, roaming the city the whole time. It was like, where's Kip? Where's Kip? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to read Matthew, and this comes from chapter 25. Um, Vanessa read this to us at the airport when we left, and I think, again, we were all like, shoot. Um, So, for I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did to me. And we did each of these things, um, and you you did it as well. And I always say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but this was very much a family effort, um, and. I I don't know. I could just go on and on about how um you know like the scripture came to life. Like this was this was us, you know, 2 weeks ago and how um just real it was. So we thank you. Um if you want to go next year or have any questions, let us know.
3: Yeah.
0: Jim Whitworth, would you close us in prayer man and we'll be we'll be I'll say a couple of announcements on the way out, but if you'd pray for us, that would be great. amen. Guys, we're about gone. A couple things. Uh, The screens will be populated with pictures so you can watch those, but major two announcements tonight is family meeting. If you are a Covenant member of Origins or you call this family and you've yet to join, tonight we'll be at uh, the Sears Rec Center, which is in McPherson Park. That's Putt-Putt Park downtown. Uh, at 5.30, there's a chili cook-off, so we'll have that. There's child care provided. Um, even if you just kind of want to know more about who we are, tonight will be a good opportunity for that. We'll talk about what God's done in the past year, what He's going to do, and hopefully He's leading us to in 2020. Be there for that. And then on December... Yeah, bring food. There's a sign up I think chili's taken care of, but we still need desserts, um, you know, and cheese, that kind of thing. There's always room for dairy. Um, Not true. Um, And then on December the 15th, uh, which will be uh, Sunday, on Sunday right after that, we're going to have a Christmas meal here. So it's another chance to prove that you know what a potluck is. Um, Millennials, we're working on it. We're going to make it happen. Uh, Bring something you would like to eat in your home Um, that doesn't have grass sticking out of it. Um, So we're going to do that here. Uh, We might do a food sign-up, but we might go in faith. I think we can go in faith that people are going to figure it out, fried chicken. And so do that, be there, and then uh, we will not do first Sunday breakfast next week. Uh, as a result of doing the meal on the 15th, uh, but we will have communion next Sunday since it's the first Sunday of the month, and uh, we're going to start Advent next week too. So go ahead and read up on that, figure out what that is if you've never done it. Uh, We've gotten permission to light a candle each week in here, which is against their code, but they're going to let us do it, so that's great. Uh, We love you guys. Hope to see you in community groups next week. We're off this week for Thanksgiving. Enjoy time with family. Uh, Thank God for all that he has given us, which is a lot. Um, Love you guys and have a great week.